or turn to the person next to you and say, are you ready? Ready for the Word of God? So lovely having a baby dedication this morning. Moby, I hope you know some good dad jokes because they're essential as dads. Have you heard the one about um, how how does Jesus like his coffee? He brews it. Speaking of Hebrews, we're going to turn to Hebrews chapter 5. <laughs> corny, I know, corny, I know. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Being designated by God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Now the author of Hebrews here is explaining Jesus' role as a high priest, standing in the gap, praying and interceding. He says he was praying with loud cries and tears. And it's interesting because he says, and God heard him because of his reverence. Now often we align reverence with quietness. But he was praying loudly. God heard him, not just because he was loud, but because of the attitude of his heart. Just as Aaron and his sons were appointed as priests by God, Jesus was appointed a priest by God. But interestingly, he wasn't appointed a priest in the lineage of Aaron, the Levitical order, but he was a priest in the order of Melchizedek. Now, the Levitical priesthood under Aaron's lineage was flawed, and Jesus would put a stop with the Levitical system by becoming the final sacrifice the atonement for sin once for all, the Lamb of God, achieving eternal salvation to all who obey him, who follow him and do what he says. So who is Melchizedek? Who is he? Well, we read about him in Genesis. He was Abraham's priest, and he was not only a priest, but a king. He was the king of Salem, and he was a king of righteousness and a priest of of the Most High God. So how does this relate to us? Well, Jesus is both a king, the king of righteousness, and a priest on our behalf. In verse 8, it says, Jesus learned obedience by what he suffered and became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. He learned and he became Now, the author continues on in verse 11. We have much to say about this. This is good. This is rich. I've got so much to say. But, everyone say but. But it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. Wow, he pulls no punches here. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. There is so much more that... we want to teach, he says, about our king of righteousness, our priest. 
But it's hard to teach you. It's hard to tell you why. Because you no longer try to understand. You no longer try. You've become dull, sluggish, lethargic. Now this week, earlier in the week, my son, he usually gets up pretty well himself, but I had to go and open his door and wake him up. He slowly came down the stairs and he went straight to the couch and laid on the couch. Now some might think, well, he's becoming a teenager. This is what happens. Get used to it. But he didn't, he's usually pretty hungry and he didn't go for food. He didn't have an appetite. He was lethargic. It was a sign that he was actually sick. He was sick. Often lethargy is a sign of sickness. So how about you? Have you found yourself lethargic in your walk? Your desire to grow is gone. Your appetite to devour the word of God, gone. In former days, you were excited about the word. You were hungry to grow. You know, in my heart, I don't want my best days in God to be my former days. The ESV version of this says, About this we have much to say, but it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. To become dull of hearing, to become deaf. 2019, my 12-year-old daughter suddenly became deaf. We took her to an emergency department and the audiologist that she got to do testing with came back into the room and said to her and myself, I'm sorry to say, but you have severe to profound hearing loss and we don't know what's caused it. The damage is an equivalent to a car crash. So we're going to need to do ongoing testing. We're going to need to find out if it's a virus that could take out your second ear and you could become completely deaf. Can you imagine a 12-year-old's response to hearing this? Can you imagine a parent's response hearing this news? You want to do anything to remedy this. You will go to number of number of specialist appointments and it doesn't matter the money to pay because you want to see breakthrough. You want to see healing. You want to see your, your child come out of this condition. Well, when we become dull of hearing, it's more a condition of the heart than the ears. And we, we become distracted by the things of the world. We're kind of more like a child watching TV. I remember, and uh, I know my mum and dad are watching online, I remember being a child watching the Smurfs on a Saturday morning, so engrossed. Or maybe when I was older, it was sons and daughters, if anyone's old with me. I'd be so engrossed in the TV and my mum would say, Belinda, Belinda. Belinda, and then she'd raise her voice, Belinda, I'm like, what are you shouting for? Well, you didn't hear me the 15 other times that I said your name because we zone out, don't we? We zone out. We become dull of hearing. Dull of hearing is not something that happens to us like my daughter. It's something in our heart. It's us no longer trying to hear. It's us distracted. We no longer try to understand. We no longer try to obey God's word. We no longer obey the Holy Spirit's promptings and directions. And we should be concerned. If we have a disorder of the heart, we need to repent, turn, and cleave to our Heavenly Father. Yeah. And I've got good news today. 
because we can do that today and we can see change today. Dwarfism is a disorder. Stunted growth, it's a genetic disorder where the growth hormone is deficient. And God says he doesn't want a dwarfed church. He doesn't want dwarfed followers. He wants followers who will grow and expand. And that's his word for you today. You can go home saying, God spoke to me. He told me to grow. to increase in size and stature. It says in Luke 2:52, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature with fa- and favor with God and with man. We read here in Hebrews 5, 5 that Jesus learned obedience and he became the source of salvation. We need to learn obedience and we need to become We need to expand and enlarge. We need to develop and progress. We need to mature and to multiply. And here the author is telling us as well in Hebrews, as well as the Hebrew people. He says, you've become dull of hearing. Verse 12, in fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk still being an infant is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. Becoming right in God's sight through nothing of our own effort. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Wow, it's time. It's time to go from milk to meat. It's time for solids. It's time to mature, to multiply, to take some next steps. It's time to teach someone else, your children, your sister, your workmate, your neighbour, your perhaps the neighbourhood kids, maybe kids in scripture, maybe kids out on a Sunday morning in kids' church, maybe youth connect group on a Friday night, passing on what you have got to someone else. When you help someone else grow, you grow more. What will help you mature? Solid food. Consistently, constant use, it says here. You know, we eat every day and some people say, well, oh, I can't. I tried to read the Bible, but I don't do it every day because I don't get anything out of it. Or sometimes I don't get anything out of it. I don't remember what I ate last Wednesday, but I know that it contributed to the nutrition and the health of my body, <laughs> made me strong. And it's the same with God's word. By constant use, by constantly eating, we are storing up wisdom to distinguish good from evil. We're giving the Holy Spirit material to bring up and remind us of and use. Hebrews 6, I like this paraphrase. So come on, let's leave the preschool finger painting exercises on Christ and get on with the grand work of art. Grow up in Christ. The basic foundational truths are in place, turning your back on salvation by self-help and turning in trust toward God. Baptismal instructions, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment, God helping us will stay true to all that, but there's so much more. Let's get on with it. On your seat this morning, if you can grab your next steps card. There's one there for everybody on your seat. On this, we can see we want you to know Jesus. We want you to come to know him as your Lord and Saviour. 
And so we have things in, in place for that, connect groups, reaching out, bringing people in, showing people, sharing their faith with people so that you would know God. When you join a connect group, you discover more about faith. You solidify and learn from others what it means to know God. When we find freedom, there's an opportunity there to find freedom on the encounter retreats that we have for you. It's a great opportunity to grow and take that next step to to get the milk of the word. Oh, sorry, I forgot the faith essentials. Faith essentials at the top there. We need the milk of the word. Faith essentials is a resource that we have for you on our website and we can do it through connect groups as well. Helping solidify the milk of the word, your understanding of the Bible, faith, Um, finding freedom, encounters, getting water baptised. That helps you solidify your faith. Holy Spirit, being baptised in the Holy Spirit is a next step to take. And we've got an opportunity this morning. We always have a time of prayer after our service where you can come and say, I am hungry for the Holy Spirit. Will you pray for me? And our team will love to do that with you. Discover your purpose. We have a course twice next year, Discover Your Gifts. It's called Discover. You can discover more about the body of Christ and your unique place in it. We've got resources like Discipleship Essentials to help you continue to keep growing in your faith. We want to encourage you, get onto solid food, dig deeper. You know, we have put on our website, we're just launching this and we're developing this, but under resources on our website, there is a column that says books. And on that, we have four of Pastor Jack's books that he has written himself. But we've also got a section under that called Dive Deeper. And these are book recommendations that we've got from people that have been in the faith a very long time, from scholars. Um, We've got um, Pentecostal theology. We've got practical life, living family, marriage, all sorts of topics on there because the difference, I've heard this once said, we, I don't know who said it, let me know afterwards if you know, but the difference between the person you are today and the person you are a year from now is the books that you read and the people that you hang around. Yeah, so we want to supply that for you so you can dig deeper and go get that understanding. We've also got links there to Acts Bible Study and Alpha Crucius Bible College University where you can take steps to dig deeper. Make a difference. You can make a difference by doing the discipleship essentials, leadership. Um, We have disciple maker training where we will train you on how to be able to show somebody else um, how to follow Jesus as a disciple. We have joining a serving team because you grow by serving and being involved. And um, I'm going to ask my friends to come and join us. I'll get rid of my pulpit here. I've asked a few friends to come in and share for a few moments on how they have taken their next steps. Thanks, Jeff. We've got Jeff and Nathan, Cara and Alex. We've got a fifth seat there coming. Thanks, Jeff. So Cara, best beautician in Penrith, hey? There's a little sneaky plug. <laughs> Cara, I'm going to start with you and I've asked Cara to share for a moment about how did she come to know Jesus and take that step. Thank you, Belle. Um, Sorry. I actually um, grew up in a Christian family and often attended church with my grandmother. Um, She came to this church. She was an amazing woman of God. 
Um, it was through her I was shown the love of God from a young age. But I never fully understood about having a relationship with Jesus. As I grew into a young woman, I got distracted by social pressures and I chose to live my own way. That time in my life, being accepted socially was the most important thing. I had really low self-esteem and I never felt good enough. Um, Years went on and I soon met my husband, Mark. Often weekends consisted of partying, drinking, going out and a lot of arguments. Soon our relationship became very broken. We didn't communicate well and would often argue because there was lack of trust. After a couple of years together, one day we were arguing and I said, I can't do this anymore. I need something more. I'm going to go to church. And we randomly decided to attend this church that night. Um, Pastor Stu was actually preaching. The message spoke to me and over my life and it seemed like I wanted what he was talking about. I put up my hand and I asked Jesus to come into my life and it felt, I felt really different. Like something had lifted from me. Um, We then connected with an amazing couple in Connect Lounge. They introduced us to so many incredible people in this church who are now our family. When we decided to commit our lives to Jesus, our lives began to dramatically change. It's been 11 years now of knowing God and we have stayed committed to serving God because we know how broken our lives were without him. God's grace and love is now why we tried to it's now what we tried to extend to each other, to our kids and to others by following him. The blessings have followed us, and we are really grateful. Give her a hand. So good. Actually, we'll ask Jeff, yeah. Jeff, can you share with us how you found freedom in your life? Freedom. <laughs> um, well, I could start by telling you um, when uh, my beautiful wife, Misha, used to uh, take our babies to church, and uh, I wouldn't go. I just point blank, point blank refused. Um, I can tell you about um, the time uh, our pastor used to come around and I would tell him, I don't want him preaching in my house. He can come and visit, but not to preach. <laughs> I, I, can, I can also tell you um, uh, about me doing my own things um, away from my family like I was running from something, I don't know what. I do now, in hindsight. But um, I, re, um, but I do re, um, remember uh, having an, an encounter uh, on one of these uh, times I was out. And um, I can also tell you, um, the next day after that encounter, um, I had that very pastor that I was telling to stay away and not preach, to be to come and see me so I could give my life to the Lord uh, and, and, to, and to be set free. Um, but, you know, um, that's just the start of it. That's a journey. And uh, freedom, just like, just like the Jews, <laughs> they, they walked around 40 years in the wilderness, you know, uh, before they, they found the promised land. So I've been on, I was on that journey. And, and when I um, 
when we found this church, I found that there were tools in this church, programs that you can, you can use to better yourself, to um, understand God more. And um, it, it gave me that, um, that purpose about um, others and um, not just myself but others. It's relational. God, God wants us to have relation with him and others. So um, I found all the tools um, in Next Steps. In next steps, and I've been, uh, I've been uh, trying to tick all those boxes, but it's not just ticking boxes; it's actually living it out, and and um, you know, having having great mates around, um, and because I know we're, when we're all together, um, you know, God's in the middle of that, and I want God in the middle of us all the time. Yeah, so good. And I love that Jeff just said that, you know, it's not about ticking boxes. And even though you can see that progression of growth on that card, you, you don't have to do it in order. You can just, you know, it, it's just about, well, we want to just keep growing. Is that clear? Yeah. Alex, share with us. How have you discovered purpose? Um, <clears throat> when I was a younger woman, I this topic of purpose was a really big deal for me. I um, would often talk about my purpose and what God, how God wanted to use me. Um, and so that kind of looked very different to what it does now. I think as I've grown older, I've become a grandmother, I've realised that my purpose is the same as everybody else's in this church. And all of our purpose is to reveal Christ to the world. How we do that um, will differ depending on personality, giftings, abilities, all that sort of stuff. So what I've recognised is that over the years, the outworking of my purpose have, has looked different. In the early days, I had a bridal shop in Penrith. I'm a terrible businesswoman. <laughs> I made no money, but I think I led over 30 women to the Lord that year. Um, and so, no, please, it, no. <laughs> um, but now, as an older woman, I have a real heart for young women. I know that there is a real fatherless and now also a motherless generation out there. And I love young women. I, I was a, a very lost young woman. And so I really am passionate about opening my home and my love to young women, counselling. And so I meet with a lot of the young girls here in this church, but also with girls outside of the church. And in the latter months, just these last few months, I changed career from fashion to being a disability and aged care support worker. And that has opened the most amazing doors. So I guess the short answer is that we're all, our purpose is all exactly the same, to reveal Christ to the world. How you do that, you have got to work that out between you and God. But for me, it's looked different over the years. So. Thank you. And I've asked Nathan. Nathan is now our worship pastor here at church and he's our high school, West Care Youth services coordinator just getting the correct terminology thank you pastor andrew and i just asked him if he would share with us what does making a difference look like for him or what has it looked like over the years because it changes yeah um i've been going to this church my family for 30 years and throughout making a difference it's had different meanings through different seasons of life right like as a as a child as a high schooler as a young adult and now uh coming into being early, you know, married and now 
having your own kids and there's all you can live out your life and you've got to live close to God knowing that he's guiding you in every step of the way um, when you go to work you know what I mean making sure that you have that integrity that you're talking about like one thing comes to mind is that um, I was at a job uh, three or four years ago and these guys started talking about something and they said oh no you wouldn't know about that because you go to church and all that kind of stuff so they respect and they know what I stand up for and they know that um you know, that I live my faith and I'm like, I go to church every weekend and I know that, you know, what is leading me is, is going into my workplace and being that difference, you know. And now I'm working at church and with Andrew as well, has a bit of a different meaning of when I worked out in a, a secular role, knowing, going, this is my ministry, what God has sent me to these people so that I can be Jesus to these people in their life. And the people around me in those times, I would be in my later years in my career before I came on recently, I'd be in management roles. I'd be talking to people about deep life issues that's going on, family things, breakups, um, family passing away. I'm like, God's placed me here for a reason and for a specific reason to lead these people. But you've got to be able to lean on the leadership and the family and the friends that you have around you that have supported you. And I wouldn't be anywhere without the strong leadership and the people I'm involved with at the church. I would be nowhere. I'd probably be, I don't even know, but I'm thankful for that as well. Fantastic. How about you give them each one of them a great hand? Thank you. So good to hear real life stories, hey, real life application of people saying, I want to grow, I want to grow in God and I really pray that God's been speaking to you. I want to go to a scripture um, in Hebrews 5, I want us to read the paraphrase of verses 11 to 14, I think Eva, it's a Valo day today, we've got my daughter and my father-in-law out in the production suite, bless them, Eva is a great teammate with me you can't do it without them I have a lot more to say about this but it's hard to get it across since you've picked up this bad habit of not listening by this time you ought to be teachers yourself yet here I find you need someone to sit down with you and go over the basics on God again starting from square one baby's milk when you should have been on solid food long ago milk is for beginners inexperienced in God's ways solid food is for the mature who have some practice in telling right from wrong. So I want to ask you this morning, what's your next step? What's the Holy Spirit prompting you to step out and to do that you've not done before? Perhaps it's joining a connect group, getting those people around you that will help sharpen you and develop you and grow you. I learned so much getting around more mature believers when I first started in a connect group. Maybe it's starting some resources like faith essentials or discipleship essentials and and getting equipped in that way. Maybe it's taking the plunge and getting water baptised, taking that step, maybe getting baptised in the Holy Spirit today as we pray for you. Maybe it's sharing your testimony with somebody, sharing your story of faith. Maybe it's inviting three friends to come to man church or girls night in that would be a big step for some but it's a great challenge you don't grow unless you challenge yourself if you've ever been to the gym you don't grow the muscle unless you challenge that muscle stretch it and it can hurt sometimes but it's worth it growing in character growing in the bible reading some books getting into the scriptures 
Perhaps it's teaching somebody else, becoming a disciple maker, teaching in scripture. I want to encourage you, come and chat to us in the next steps area. Just out the front doors to the right is our next steps area. Come and have a conversation with us today. Have a conversation with your connect group leader this week and say, I'm ready to go forward. I'm ready to grow. I don't want to be stronger in my former days than I am in my days ahead. Yeah? Matthew 13 says, the kingdom of God, Jesus said, he put another parable before them saying, the kingdom of God is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of God is like a little leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. You might feel like you're starting small, but the kingdom is about starting small, but it's about expanding and growing. It's about um, expanding. The kingdom of God looks like a little thing, a little yeast, but when it starts to grow, it enlarges. Watch out. And I want you to go home today with one message that his kingdom will grow when I grow, when you grow. His kingdom will grow in Penrith when you grow. There are 220,000 people in our community. And I tell you what, I'd say there's probably only about two, about 200,000 of them are lost without Jesus. Maybe more. We might look small, but in God's economy, When we grow, we can affect our community. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet right now. I'd love to pray with you and the team will lead us. We have a king, the king of righteousness. He is our priest making intercession and I believe he's there next to the Father making intercession for you right now. That you will take a step of boldness, that you will step out like never before. That you will say, I'm going to go somewhere in God. I'm going to take a step of faith to discover your purpose, to make a difference. Would you close your eyes with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here this morning. And I pray increase, Lord, over us. Lord, may we grow. Lord, I thank you for that little yeast that expands and grows. And we pray, Lord God, that the seed of the Word of God right now would expand inside of us, Lord God. Lord, I pray that we would develop that we would expand, enlarge, and that we would progress, that we would multiply, Lord God. And Lord, we pray, Lord God, that you would flood us with your spirit, Lord God, so that we will obey you, Lord, that we would learn obedience to take those steps of faith. We love you, Lord. We love you, our King. We love you, the King of kings and Lord of lords. We thank you for all that you're doing and all you're about to do. In Jesus' name.